Hey, welcome to episode 96 of the Thodcast, conversations about animation. We melt things down to their essence here on this show, such as film, television, and today's subject, Walt Disney Animation, uh, the, the new film from Walt Disney Animation Studios. Yes, we are finally going to talk about Encanto and uh, help me, your host, Philip Elke, uh, break down this film from last December or November. Uh, we have returning longtime podcast member Jody Pulaski. Uh, do, Jody, do you still go by Jody Pulaski? Is that okay? Or I do. I'm, okay. I'm recently married, but I have not found the time to do the legal name change. So All right. I'm happy to forever go by Jody Pulaski if it keeps me out of the uh, like the social security office in Augusta, Georgia. There you go. Um, yeah, you're in Georgia. Uh, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm here in northern Minnesota where it's very snowy still, even though it's near the end of April. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But to help uh, cheer us up on this lovely recording day is uh, Alex D also joining the podcast to give her insight expertise on the, on Disney's Encanto. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing so good. Not snowy here. Hot as yeah. heck and ready to talk about my favorite movie. Yes. Um, also Georgia, correct? You don't also. have to say what city. But uh, yeah. Two, two, two blocks away from Jody. Could have <laughs> done this together <laughs> if she was here a little longer today. Oh, fun. Yeah, the battle of the climates here. And uh, we're going to be taking... A journey all the way down to Colombia, South America, on today's show with the sort of fantastical realism of the setting of Encanto, sort of a, a bottle picture where it's all set in one locale. And uh, Colombia, I guess, is known for having a terrain that's very kind of insulated, or at least uh, people are insulated from each other because it's very mountainous but also forested and, and a lot of different biodiversity. Um, second most biodiverse nation in the world, according to this article. But um, yeah, uh, South America, very, very, I'm not going to steal your word, Jody. Go ahead um, and, <laughs> and, uh, and jump in. Yeah, uh, I've been waiting to describe Encanto and this misty green mountainous world they live in as just lush and lively. And I feel like those words really envelop the music, the colors, the setting, the, the characters of this movie. Um, it was an exciting one to watch. I really like it. And even though it came out, you know, November, December of last year, Alex and I know that the Encanto fever is going strong. People are obsessed, especially we work with children. Children are obsessed with this movie and it's never too late to hop on board the Encanto train because I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. Hmm. Uh, yeah, well, released uh, November 24th, 2021. Thank that kind of traditional Disney Thanksgiving slot. Uh, but of course, notably uh, released on Disney Plus only one month uh, later. So uh, kind of a dual um type of rolling out of this film that, that Disney offered uh, to audiences in, in kind of um, a little bit more of a unique situation than some of their previous uh, films. 
that that had kind of unconventional releases through the the pandemic of course uh but yeah alex uh, what do you think of encanto um it is like my new favorite movie for disney i think that the music was so good i thought the animation was so good i loved the like deeper meaning which i'm sure we're gonna get into about like generational trauma um loved like that being kind of almost normalized not that it should be normalized but just kind of like making it seem like more of like a like down to earth like a thing that people could relate to there was there was somebody in this movie that anybody could relate to which i thought was really great um there was nobody that was like more put on a pedestal than the other except like in the movie obviously isabella was put on a pedestal but um as far as like characters go like we had so much to work with and i loved it i loved everything about this movie and i really liked that um I learned that Disney sent a team out to Colombia to like absorb the the culture, like the culture. Audience. Yeah, yeah. They they, they doing like, more and more of that. I feel like they're realizing the audience wants they, that. They yeah, they've been they've been like trying to be more in touch, right? So I, I liked that and I don't know if it was accurate, but I really liked it a lot. <laughs> so uh, I, I, you know, this movie was maybe, I, well, Raya was very fantastical. This one perhaps just had that very vibrant sort of color palette that made, made it seem even more sort of pushing into the boundaries of fantasy uh, as far as these uh, Disney animated features go lately moana similar too but like this one just had so much color um it was like nearly psychedelic this one there's like always swirling flower petals there's the like eye candy pastels there's glowing gems the characters their costuming is just vibrant 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 and i feel like it's probably you know it's probably one of their brightest movies i've ever seen um a lot of people in our industry at least are kind of comparing like this Encanto surge um, to the Frozen surge we had. And mm -hmm. I don't think for me, it's as, you know, grand as Frozen was, mm -hmm. but I really do like, you know, this girl trying to reach for her abilities that will like unleash her true self, um, whether that be a power or, mm -hmm. you know, a miracle coming through sort of like Elsa. Mm -hmm. um, but the colors, I think, is something that really sticks with the kids. Um, the colors in Frozen, you know, obviously they're more like jewel toned. But in this, you have the whole entire rainbow coming at you pretty much for the whole two hours. Uh, how, yeah, you, you guys um, work with in the costuming community. And so you're uh, getting a read on just how resonant this movie will be amongst uh, you know the the princess especially you know especially folks who uh love like disney princesses and the like however this movie doesn't necessarily introduce uh a princess per se we get our protagonist mirabelle 
but I it, would she become like a a stable a regular stable at some of your yeah, events? <laughs> she has been incredibly popular. Sorry, Alex, I'm like hopping in, but she's obviously heroine of the movie, and we just kind of call her like a fairy tale friend. And kids love her; they love all her songs. And she has a really like regal in her own way costume too with all the embroidery and her skirt kind of has these animals and tells a story of, of Columbia and they're embracing her the same way they would embrace, you know, the little mermaid, Sophia the first, Elena Vavilor. I think she's going to stick around in the lineup for quite a while. We did recently kind of the popularity of Sophia the first and Elena has sort of waned a little bit, but they're kind of more Disney Junior. I think because Mirabelle is one of these like Walt Disney company movies, the 60th yeah. feature, in fact, um, she'll be here to stay for a while. Yeah, universally celebrated by kids and adult fans of Disney, certainly, as these, these films are marketed to just a, a completely general audience, as opposed to like some of those other shows Disney Junior and some of the Disney Plus offerings that, you know, aren't quite as mainstream. But yeah, Alex, um, La Familia Madrigal uh, and and Le Encanta and Canto. So we need to uh, get get a little more perspective from you on why on por qué uh, Le Encanta Encanto. <laughs> Do you know what? Uh, encanta, uh, me encanta means in Spanish. Enchanting, no. Well, it, um, me encanta, encanto mean just means basically means I love encanto. Uh, even though literally the the verb encanta um, is the you know uh, the root of that is encantar, which is um, to enchant. Enchant. Basically. That's what I thought. Like the movie was like enchanting. Like yeah. I thought like that was like the name of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know though. I don't know. I took French in high school. Like, I don't know. Okay. I know a little <laughs> bit of Spanish. Uh, yeah. It's, it's not a one-to-one -one translation with a lot of these expressions. Uh, but, and then Encanto also, I think literally translates to miracle um, or, or enchantment yeah. basically okay, one, one, yeah. either one. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, let's uh, get in uh, to why you are so enchanted by uh, Encanto and maybe specifically this this setup involving kind of this large cast of characters, this this familia madrigal people. Yeah, mm -hmm. I I feel I am the oldest of um, three girls. So it is me, the oldest, and I have two little sisters. So I have me, the oldest, a middle sister and a younger, the youngest sister. Um, and the first thing I ever knew from this movie was hearing the song Surface Pressure. And as, <laughs> as anyone who might be listening, if they are the oldest sibling, <laughs> they probably would have resonated with that song. So that was the first thing I ever heard from knew about this movie. I heard this song and I was like, my heart, my like little, you know, my heart strings, my little emotions are just going nuts. And, um, I listened to it with my neighbor who is also the oldest of, of three siblings. And, I took her and her girls to go see the movie in theaters. Like 
I had not been to theaters in forever. I was so excited to go see it. I we neither of us knew nothing about the movie. We were like, let's just go. Mm-hmm. Cry. Both of us crying, both two grown adults crying the whole time. The girls are having the best time of their life, like at the movies. But me and and my neighbor are just sobbing. Um, I love the movie. I thought every song in there was a freaking bop. I have since added it to um party playlists i have since played it at events Mm -hmm. and the crowd goes wild right um i think it really touches really good on generational trauma of how abuela is expecting so much of everyone and but like, I kind of want to see what you guys think is special about Abuela besides like, like introducing the miracle. Like, I'm really curious about that because Abuela to me was expecting so much of everyone. And I've seen this movie so many times because I love it so much. I keep watching it, but like she comes in and she's like, everybody needs to be like so cool. But like, what did she really do besides bring the candle? So, like, obviously, like, the whole array of the family, like, you have people who can make flowers, and they're super strong, or they can control the weather, or they can, like, heal people with a meal, like, they all have these special powers that are, like, obviously not something we would experience in the real world, but they can experience there. I think, like, what her, like, thing is probably the miracle, and that she had, like, the strength to kind of survive. So, she sort of came from, like, a family that was by force immigrating I guess I don't even know you they were like refugees essentially Mm -hmm. and I think that like was her gift do you know what I mean so it wasn't like a superpower gift so I guess yeah you're right she shouldn't probably be so hard on Mirabelle but I think it was just that pressure of keeping like the family talents a lot yeah not only for her own family but for like their village because they kind of provided for everyone there right like the whole village was like secluded and like they like made their own way but she's like she only brought the candle to the table and then wanted to like pretty much crap on Mirabelle for not having a gift but it's like Mirabelle's gift was like existing and like bringing light to everybody which is like all Abuela did was bring light like literally the candle but like not saying that she didn't do anything like she totally like survived and like the kids like grew and had these gifts and all that. But like I just really felt like Abuela like was so mad for no reason the whole movie until the end. Like I was like mad at her. I think they had to have that because like something I really liked about Encanto was it's like technically it's like without a villain story like the story can exist without a bad guy. Like sure right. there's like a period of time where you're like oh Bruno's the bad guy or like you know, whatever people like might like think there's a bad guy along the way, but there really isn't one when you get to the end of it. So the heroine, you know, she kind of had to have some adversity like pushed against her. So probably the writers were like the best point of contact to have like someone would be Abuela. Yeah, I just didn't like her. I know. She a lot too, of people don't like she her. Was too, she was too tough on my friends. No, she she had a lot of tragedy in her backstory she i mean she really she survived giving birth to triplets back in the you know either <laughs> it's like the 50s or something well late yeah either 1850s i don't know 
they they make a reference to telenovelas in this show so or this uh film yeah because bruno does it with the rats <laughs> so i big I, fan I, of bruno bruno's biggest fan right here by the way yeah i i would have guessed this was set in like maybe the 20s at the latest but may maybe it's the 50s i don't know we don't, I don't see know. Any i just technology. made up a number everything seems old to me now yeah um very very vague i guess and, and there it's fantasy there could be plenty of anachronisms but yeah the, the whole bruno setup of you know his whole living yeah I, it, it's crazy the, they make the like connection to telling telling um novellas but there's actually like no tvs yeah uh, so he invented the, concept. the future it's him seeing <laughs> oh he, he can see the future of course he can see the future that, so that it's not sense. there's like not actually tele uh, telenovelas <laughs> there's there's it's just him seeing the future he's like making them up yeah they don't know what a telenovela they don't know is, what that is. <laughs> they, they just think he's crazy they just think he's nuts <laughs> I, you know what big fan of uh bruno me i am yeah. a, a new i'm 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 shocked shocked uh but but also accept accepting uh that lin-manuel was not bruno even though he wrote the music for this and i know he wrote that role for himself yeah a lot of people joke about that so obviously the music everybody it's just infectious it's like the word the witty word weaving it's clever it's like kind of like like alex says like it's a real bop and everybody jokes that lin-manuel miranda because he like has starred in like all of his projects we, we joke that he was like tied up in a back room when they were recording because like, you know, he was like scraping and, and fighting his way to like get to the recording studio so that he could be Bruno. Mm. I agree. Like, but no, like I love like the casting that they did choose, but I, I do like, you know, you hear, you hear like Lin-Manuel Miranda's like art, artistic creations in this movie like you hear it you can relate it to other things that he's done however i am surprised he was not vocally involved in this because yeah. i feel like bruno would have been like i feel like he wrote that for himself although what you came know, out did, of it was so good he did vivo i think that was the name of the movie yeah, yeah we talked about that one yeah, we, so Vivo, so maybe he felt like it was fine for him to take a step back. And I mean, the people who were directing it, they're the ones who did like Zootopia and stuff. So maybe he just kind of like let them take the lead and, and was like, I'm going to come in with the music. It's going to be hot. It's going to be perfect. And uh, take it from there. You know, Zoo, Zootopia had really great music as well. I don't know who did that, but um, it is the same directors, right, Philip, who did. Yeah, that. yeah. Um jared bush uh, and byron howard um were both instrumental on uh, zootopia we did not have um who's the director on record ralph uh he, he was a co-director on zootopia as well but uh says rich rich moore he uh has since departed disney animation but yeah, both Jared Bush and Byron Howard are veterans of the studio. Uh, Byron Howard was the co-director on Tangled as well. Uh, so he's got, you know, we've got some connective tissue back to that film. 
kind of makes sense with the whole setup with the candle highly uh, reminiscent of the flower from Tangled, frankly, um, just kind of this uh, MacGuffin that, yeah, mm-hmm. is just, or, or kind of randomly arises. There's not a whole lot of real explanation as to why these, these things happen. Um, I, I know Elsa's power and Frozen, like Frozen's, it was always a lot more poignant to me as to, you know, it, its intention and purpose. Um, and and as, yeah, Frozen yeah. is like more haunting, like the word grand, like it feels more like of a, like polished, like it, it's- I'm um, over it. I know we're kind of over it, but I agree with Philip. Like, well, my, my theory is that there was like a volcanic eruption that cast the world in, you know, deep uh, <laughs> winter and that, resulted in you know the birth of this uh no, girl it's magical for sure <laughs> i don't know it's magical <laughs> it's magical like jody like frozen i don't even think is comparable to encanto like maybe small amounts like i'm, I'm just talking about the premise like oh, you know, how, how do you get this magical magic. it's like magic yeah, but where's the magic come like from the girl girl doing magic to give her the sparkly blue dress like yeah. that didn't happen in encanto no well um yeah this character mirabel uh portrayed by um oh gosh stephanie beatriz mm-hmm. um from brooklyn 99 she actually had a, a role in in the heights uh lin-manuel miranda has been busy lately he directed in the heights i believe he directed or was a key producer on that um, and then he also directed Tick, Tick, Boom, a, a biopic about Jonathan Larson. And then, of course, uh, we had um, Vivo, where he does appear you know, in vocal performance. Um, but, but this, yeah, was also kind of his baby in a way, uh, next to Jared Bush, Byron Howard. Uh, we also have a co-director in Charisse Castro-Smith, who contributed a lot to the story this film um, i think she's worked on things like um the haunting of hill house um and and she did have a, a leadership role on on raya and the last dragon as well yeah um sorry the just the whole lin manuel miranda of it all and um the the connection to um you know his other films um really does kind of play into the whole narrative here which yeah continue alex what what you were gonna say um what was i gonna say about what like i could talk forever about this movie um the the whole magical setup and and how that was uh more satisfying or less was it more or less satisfying i can't even compare it to anything else to me Mm. i can't compare it to anything else because it was such a different um it was like such a different way of introducing magic to a movie than we are used to in in other disney movies yeah, whereas there's like, no fairy godmother there's, or like right and like while these these you know family members have gifts that are magic seeming it's not a big deal because it's normal like it's not like elsa who has this ice ice magic 
It's not like, oh my gosh, she has ice magic. It's yeah. like shocking for them to not have any kind of magic, right? Mm-hmm. So it it's presented in a way that's very different than what we're used to. Like we ex- we are shocked for it to not be, you yeah. know, enchanting or magical. And but you know, the whole premise of the movie is like the gift is like inside you and like what you can do, and you don't need like your, you know, you don't need a gift to like do that yeah. and blah 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 whatever she's a muggle yeah i never really consider that she's like the lone in in harry potter they would call that a squib Mm -hmm. i like that she stays upbeat kind of throughout it all because like obviously Mm -hmm. you get to see that scene where she's a child and she isn't given you know one of these gifts and which also means she doesn't get one of those incredible bedrooms which always seems a little (laughs) unfair to me because in the movie, you know, they each get these awesome bedroom spaces. I won't even call them a bedroom. They get their own worlds to live in. And she's basically living in the nursery as uh-huh. if she is not quite part of the house. And this house is kind of like reflective of their fam- familia. Yeah. But, um, a casita raises a lot of questions. Yeah. And that house is a character all its own, it actually. The way Absolutely. it kind of interacts with, I don't know if you guys ever watched um, like the Disney original channel movies, but there was a movie called like Smart House. And it, Smart House. Yeah. No, that's exactly what you want to say. Yeah. But um, this house, it can kind of like feed the vibe of the family. Like when they're hopping down the stairs, like the step bumps up to meet them, which is really cool. But but what I was going to say about Mirabella, she she keeps her chin up for the most part. Do you know what I mean? Like she's not mm-hmm. like, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why can't I have a gift? Like she encourages her little cousin to be excited to open the door and she doesn't make it about herself. Whereas like it would have been, I mean, if I were in her shoes, I would have probably been bringing it up every day how unfair it was. I thought, yeah, some of the lines in the beginning where everyone's just sort of really piling on to Mirabelle in a sort of cruel, condescending way uh, about how she, you know, didn't have a gift and how, you know, now they're, uh, it's the day of the bestowing of Antonio's gift, her cousin, and (laughs) how everyone's sort of on edge hoping that what happened last time doesn't happen again, which was in Mirabelle's, you know, gift was was not uh, ultimately. You know, she, yeah, she was. It looked like she was going to be given her own door, her own room, but the the house seemed to change its mind, or what whatever forces conspired to where she has been rendered uh, giftless, and and everyone just seems to really pity her and and patronize uh her as a result and and that that was very i don't know yeah it was almost like uh, a a little too on the nose how people were responding to that but i don't know i suppose that that's kind of how things are you can really be stigmatized in some of these environments especially in like a early 20th century setting where people aren't maybe as sensitive to uh, other people's feelings so much. I don't know. I, I think we're, we're very much more sensitive nowadays to like not compare people, not, uh, you know, call people out for Me. any sort of perceived. Yeah. yeah and I think another thing about her family is like, 
each family member is really wrapped up in their role for the family, which you kind of find out along this journey. Obviously, most people have seen it, but you know, with Luis or Isabella, like everybody's sort of carrying their own burden. So it's almost like, yeah, they might not be making fun of her or anything, but it's because they're sort of just like so probably overwhelmed with their own presence. And I mean, at this point, the magic is sort of dimming. At least that's when we come into the story. The magic's sort of fading away. So like probably the last thing they even do is think about Mirabelle. They're all busy trying to get married or like move all the donkeys across the river or whatever Luisa's trying to do. Yeah. But their I, existence yeah. is kind of completely attributed to that their power, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so many layers to this film. It hasn't really hit me as hard. I probably would need to see it a few more times to really um, absorb a lot of the complexity. But um, it overall, it kind of seemed like a fairly straightforward depiction of, you know, judging people by their sort of superficial attributes rather than you know, appreciating and um, loving people for you know, their, their intrinsic value. Um, you know, you get that, especially with Luisa and her, you know, the surface, the name of the song is telling in itself. It's called surface pressure. And I think the reason she's troubled as much as she is, is because she feels like her only value is what people um, see on the surface. Um, mm -hmm. She wants something deeper though, as we all do. Yeah, uh, I, and that's so true. And I think that's why a lot of people connected with it is songs like that, Surface Pressure, because like who can't relate, whether, whether you're the oldest or the youngest, but if you feel like there's a role you have to play. Um, another thing that's been like a discussion in our community about this movie is like in Encanto, the magical family, there's people of like all different skin tones. And I think that's really, really good that it's showing like the racial diversity of Colombia, that there's not one specific look per se. There's a reflection of the diversity. And I feel like I know Alex sort of talked about this at the beginning, but there is sort of just like a degree of authenticity with this film that I feel like isn't often seen. Do you know what I mean? Like they had, they had darker skin characters, they had straight hair, they had curly hair, they had bigger, smaller boned. Um, they didn't just go like, okay, like this is what these people are gonna look like and that's that. Mm. And another thing that I loved to see is like bringing in like the foods and just all these things about Columbia that came into it. And I know for, for like little kids who follow our journey, like when we go to Texas or something and there's like Spanish speakers, Spanish speakers don't all look one way or like something like that. So I feel like it's been a really good connection in that sense too for kids, not just the theming of it, but just, the diversity of how the characters look in this movie seeing someone that hey that looks like me well because like the the madriga family was afro latina so there were some family members leaning more towards the afro side versus latina side and there were some family members like leaning towards that but but yes like that's i'm i'm sorry if it's like loud right now for a second, like a motorcycle driving by but um yeah, like that, and that—that that is something I'm really glad you brought that up. That is something that I really liked about that is that it like showed, like, a range of, of like sure. diversity that is that is present in Colombia because 
we don't see that really often in movies. If you see, you know, a family, it's just flat. Like, it's like, here's like the family and like, that's what they are. But like, this is a big family and there, it was like, a, it was like a mixed family because it was like, you know, here's like this uncle who looks like this and married this woman who looks like this and their son looks like this, but then also like, everybody like had a everybody had a very specific part to play in that movie I like Mirabelle was obviously the main character but also like it wasn't like anybody was like they fleshed out each personality yeah they gave everybody like a part for somebody to connect to for somebody to relate to I felt like I would like to see this moving forward, honestly, like a big family, a big variety, like something to relate to, connect to, because I have like a mixed family and I remember my sister seeing a movie where someone looked like her and, and bringing it up and just seeing something like this. And I watched it with two little girls who could connect to one person in that family, you know, like that was it's like fun to like see like being like a privileged white woman like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I understand like I yeah. not that I understand well, I, see, I see it you know yeah. I see people relating to things and I like that and I want that to continue because I've always had something to relate to or compare to and now I want that to continue growing I want that like space to be bigger for others to enjoy as well the phenotypical traits of these characters of the madrigal family are are often yeah they're over exaggerated in a big way just in the fact that they have um you know magical abilities or special gifts powers but but that does translate very well to uh genetics and um you know skin color uh diversity all of those things yeah this is a tremendous allegory for those types of issues where we (laughs) so often you know i like to just get caught up in sort of some of these superficial aspects of our identities uh but it's it's also good to remember that these are you know whether something is you know, on the surface and obvious or not, it, you know, it's, it's still important. These are important pieces of ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's not insignificant. Yeah. That, you know, the, these, ki- you know, these triplets kind of have different skin tones and sort of resemble different facets of culture uh, in a way, because, um, you know, the people, you know, whether it's issues that are near the surface um, or sort of more, intrinsic like like mirabelle and her struggle um these these are all things that i think we we all need to just come to grips with more and more um yeah and and a lot of that comes from um just generational uh understanding and um and if in order to keep sort of the enchantment alive um we we need to (laughs) try to embrace wholeness on all levels of our uh, identity and our, our being. 
Philip, why do you even have us on here? You you put it better than we could ever put it. I think that's really on point. Oh, I, I don't know. I'm just looking at this image of this family tree here, and I'm just kind of reminded of like, I, I think we're we're all sort of like a, a tree in way where we have these layers, you know, that that reflect different aspects of our of ourselves and um <laughs> just that that imagery of, of the tree is is kind of um jumping out at me right now um and, and like how sometimes the, that tree can be very unhealthy or, or just different branches you know and we just need to <laughs> i don't know <laughs> prune it yeah well sometimes Alice would love to prune yeah. abuela but i think abuela is the the trunk of the tree so like abuela won't be being pruned <laughs> i would love to prune. uh what's his name pedro already got she's pruned. not able to be pruned you're so right i I understand her role in the movie and I understand her role in the family, but like, I need someone to be mad at. And like, it is her. And that, that is why they have <laughs> characters like that. Because like she, I just hate it. Like she wanted to get so mad at everybody. And like, for what, like, what are you bringing to the table Abuela? <laughs> Besides the family, like you made this magical family and you want to like crap on them. And for what? Like, Oh, it makes me so mad. Uh, well, I mean, spoiler alert. I feel like the, I guess the climax or the resolution is the fact that Mirabelle is the successor to Abuela. She's the, yeah. she's going to be the new matriarch of the family uh, right. like but why like abuela knew that like why was she being so hard i don't on think her? she did i think abuela like didn't Mirabelle know. is just like abuela I abuela didn't have no gift mirabelle didn't have no gift i know i just think that sometimes like we assume in life that like the elders have all the answers or like that they mm. are the, the perfect role models but it's like a good reminder that sometimes they're just recovering from their own trauma too and it sucks that they they pass it along but it, it's a good example for people to look at and say you know what just because this person's like quote unquote older and wiser doesn't mean like they're always doing the right things and like someone young can come along and turn it all around the way it should be so I think it was, oh, it was a good the, the message of the movie was really good I just yeah. think Abuela could have done better. Well, what, what was your take on the vision Bruno had of Mirabelle and, and maybe how Abuela responded to that, Alex? My take on that? Okay, so like you're talking about like the like the pieces of the thing being put together and she's like trying to like make them like stay so she can see it all. That's what you're talking about. Okay, well, Mirabelle was like trying to like see it, right? And she's like, I have to know, I have to know. And then once the pieces come out at dinner, Abuela like shuts that crap down. Mm -hmm. And that's not the way we deal with things. Do, that's what do you think? Deal with things, Abuela. Like, like she was like, I don't even want to know like what you saw basically. And it's just like yeah. Mirabelle's trying to figure out what she saw so that she can like bring, like she's trying to keep the candle lit. And it's like, Abuela, that's your whole, that's your whole shtick. Like the candle has yeah. to be lit. So why are you why are you putting out this fire to keep this other fire going when Mirabelle's trying to keep the fire going and try not to ruin your life? Like, like Abuela didn't even care. She's like, we don't talk about Bruno. I don't want to hear it. Like, that's how yeah, I felt. I'm, I'm, I can't really remember what Abuela's feelings were toward Bruno. And, and if she had seen that vision containing Mirabelle, you know, about the potential downfall of, 
a casita. They um, didn't want nothing to do with the visions at all. That was the whole yeah. thing. Like Mirabelle was like and the I only think one. Mirabelle was the one who chose to like actually leave. So I don't think, even though no one wanted to talk about him and like no one really quote unquote, like was on his side. I don't think that they necessarily- They sent him away. What are you talking about? Oh, I've only seen it once. I mean, like they like, I'm not like, they didn't like- He chose to leave. It's kind of mutual. He chose to leave, but they like pushed him out and he felt like that was the only choice, but he like never really left. Yeah. And then he was only accepted back. Like once they were like, oh, it's all good. It's all good. It's all gravy. We still love you. But like they didn't appreciate him and they like blamed him for stuff that he didn't do. And he felt like ousted from the family, from the village. And he like chose to leave, quote unquote, but he never left. He was scared to leave. He was like in the walls with the rats, but they like pushed him out because Abuela was hateful. Enough about Abuela. (laughs) Uh, I'll die on this hill. Abuela, she's yeah. It was kind of interesting how like if this film did have an antagonist, she's sort of the the it's default. Her. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Bruno is always portrayed. You know, he there are plenty of like images on you know the internet of him Bruno looking scary. To leave. He but he wasn't to leave and he never left. He was never yeah. the bad guy. And we find that out early yeah. on that he was never the bad guy. Yeah. He was just misunderstood. So a good bit with the like chasm. I don't <laughs> he, of course he his room has is this just the worst cavernous yeah. Yeah, yeah. sand pit. Mirabelle says that she says Bruno your room is the worst. Uh, and it was truly well, truly honestly. Okay and the rules of the house are kind of weird. Dolores is the cousin who can hear anything. And I guess she can hear through the doors as well because she could hear Luisa's eye twitching in her sleep. Is that? Well, do you know about the speculation conspiracies about that? No. Oh, I don't know. Dolores. Yeah, she does seem kind of overpowered, but continue. So so people speculate that her room is actually like soundproof, right? Because like, obviously it would be hellacious to hear, (laughs) to hear things all the time and like not want to, and you can't like pick and choose. So they like speculate that her room is soundproof. And when she was hearing Louisa's eye twitching, she wasn't in her room because the the speculation is that when she's in her room, we don't see her room, we don't know what it is, but fan theory is that it's actually soundproof because if if I could hear everything, um, my dream would, room would be okay uh, nothing uh, but i don't know yeah. like i don't know like what's true about that or sensory not deprivation yeah absolutely yeah, uh, yeah maybe she heard luisa like napping outside of her i, I like knows? to believe <laughs> i wish i just hope that she doesn't hear things 24 7 because i would i would have lost my mind at by that point i feel like the movie kind of like made up its own magic rules if that makes sense which I'm okay with in this sense because I didn't really feel like I needed well and also that could play into the fact that the magic was in flux um kind of but there are times where I was like wait a minute if this power works like this then couldn't they do that but it did seem like they they use the powers the the creators of the movie kind of pick and choose 
how the mm. how the power should go. Well, it, didn't, it didn't really take away from the story for me. There's there they do they do like question and answer on Twitter quite often. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Um, I'm not a Twitter user, but I'm a TikTok user, and I see um, they will ask questions about the movie on uh, Twitter, and I think it's Jared Bush. Is that? Yeah, he's one of the yeah one of the directors. Yeah. So so he will go on Twitter and he will like answer things like he's answered um, like when all the birthdays are and he's like cleared up some things like there was a conspiracy going around that like she like Mirabelle wiped off her um, magic before she touched the doorknob and that's why she never got a power because she like wiped her hands on her dress like before she touched so that was like a little fan theory going around and then he was like no, you're wrong. So there's like things that people have like put out to him and he's clarified. Um, Cause there's a lot there. This movie's like goes deep, deep, deep. Like there's a lot of things you can like pull and pick from this movie. Hmm. And there's been some things that people have been talking about that he has, um, that he has talked about. And I wish I would have um, looked at everything that, has been a hot topic so i'd like to talk about it because i don't honestly like know much because i'm not a twitter user i'm just <laughs> an avid encanto watcher but <laughs> no that's fine i mean there's so many characters and that's kind of one thing i like about this because sometimes they really try to pare down the cast of some of these uh these films or these uh kids movies because um it's just simpler to deal with oh uh yeah, this character is it was she's an only child and her parents are yeah, well, you know, one of them's no longer in the picture. <laughs> That's just how these movies are in many cases. But here she's actually able to have like a large family and it's kind of uh, cool that they went through the effort. You know why? They probably wanted to be like the Kardashians. They know that we can keep up with the Kardashians, so they're like let's just try having all the family. Like and it wasn't even just like the magic. It was like uncles and aunts too. Like yeah. it really, really spread out. Did you guys have like a power when you were watching where we like, that's the power I would love to have? No, I didn't want any of them. It was only because Abuela made it too much pressure. <laughs> I and I didn't want that pressure on me. If I was going to pick a power, obviously it would be Isabella's. I want to make the flowers, but it would absolutely be the end of my list because of Abuela. She like thought it was like the coolest thing. And I was like, I did not want that. But like out of all the powers, I want to make flowers. Um, but after seeing the way that the expectations were, no, no, thank you. I don't want any powers. <laughs> That's the lesson. Of this. I, I know I have fantasized plenty about having just elite athletic status when I was younger, but I, I never did anything to, you know, I actually <laughs> practically. So would you be Lisa? It. Is that the one you would select? So, so yeah, I mean, I, I probably would relate most to wanting like a, yeah, the Luisa power set, but uh, other, other than that, not, none of these are really all that. The animal thing is kind of cool, but like, yeah. they're all kind of all cool. Powers. They're all cool. But like, if I were to have one, it would be none. Like I'd be Mirabelle because little, I don't want that pressure. Yeah. It's not like, like that was the whole basis of like the village was like, we're the magic family. And like, we keep you guys going. And like, I just, 
I can't deal with that mentally. I think like it's cool though that they picked these quirky ones because I mean it would have been really easy to go like the Incredibles route where it's like super speed, super strength, super stretch. Like they could have easily just gone down the route of those like typical um, like status quo type things. So I think it was cool that they picked these more unique, unique ones. I agree. I agree. I thought like there, everybody had a power and it all had to be like different. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like, while they might have sounded basic, like, oh, he sees into the future or she's super strong or she can hear things like things like that. While it sounds super basic, like the way they portrayed it was very like niche. I, uh, is that like the right way to explain? Like, I don't know how to put into words, like what I'm trying to say, but like, it was like the whole point of them having these powers was because like, oh, like Abuela came and like escaped, um, you know, this, these these colonizers basically and she came you know built this whole thing and then had this magic family that like helped helped make this village like she kept people safe and then her family like helped it be like stable because of their powers like but then that's what made it like different than being like, oh, like this girl can hear things or this girl can control the weather. Like that sounds really basic, but the way that it 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 went into the village and like helped their whole city like yeah. basically thrive is like what makes it kind of like fun and different than a typical magic superpower type deal. Absolutely. Yeah, kind of a, a fresh take on that whole superhero premise almost and you know this isn't designed to be a superhero movie but kind of um is one through a backdoor means uh but yeah no no other outside threats to the encanto um but maybe in a future film <laughs> we could uh, I wouldn't be shocked there's gonna be a sequel kids are I'm I'm excited for it I want yeah. it I want yeah. Encanto too this was uh what uh, how many uh films in the Disney animated canon this now this is the 60th animated release from the Walt Disney Company um so, and I think it was the perfect 60th I mean people like you, Philip, it might not be your all-time favorite, but I've never met someone who was meh about it. I think everyone was entertained by it at the very least. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, what else do we have to say about Encanto? Uh, (laughs) I mean, we covered the music. We covered the characters. We covered the color. I mean, we didn't go detailed into the animation, but because we're maybe five months yeah. late, I'm sure there are some other reviews out there that dig into it a little more, but we can mm-hmm. do it. We can do part two when I've got like the like littles here because they have so much to say about it. Okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> but you definitely hopefully be more Encanto on the horizon. Uh, we didn't necessarily mention Isabella much. I, I mean, her character seemed like you know the the Elsa he's <laughs> a bullish favorite well I thought that kids were going to be obsessed with her because she's like traditionally the most like beautiful and her dress mm-hmm. and the flowers but really 
I think Mirabelle and Louisa are Louisa kids love Louisa. So personally, I have, I personally, um, have not gotten any Encanto requests at all. Um, which like, is fine. Like I, I'm sad. Cause like my favorite, but like, I have not gotten any requests. Like that's okay. Um, so it, while it hasn't been popular in my neck of the woods for party requests, I've seen that she's Mirabelle is very well recepted at um, events and things that I've seen from others. And um, between Louisa and Isabella, it is like Louisa that kids like want to see, like they want big muscle girl. So, and I love that. I love that yeah. because I don't think Disney expected, I think Disney expected Isabella to be like, the like hot potato of the movie and yeah. now they're like sh- like scrambling to get like the like louisa merch out yeah isabella has moments where she's just straight up bratty towards mirabelle yeah like she's she's kind of a, a bully in some ways and it's it's kind of she's funny the oldest isn't she uh is that what it's this like isabelle is the oldest and then louisa and then mirabelle right i think so based on the this picture here um louisa's closest or uh, isabella's closest to the trunk and then it goes out from there so i think that means isabella's the oldest um of yeah the julieta and or you know julieta and augustine's children um and of course uh the the other aunt or you know the aunt who had kids um pepa and who married Felix uh, and their kids, uh, Ant- Antonio, who can talk to animals, uh, Camilo, who can um, shapeshift, and, and Dolores. The grand- grandkid roundup going on right now. Yeah, Dolores can hear things and she's probably very traumatized as a result, but I guess that's uh, <laughs> poor, poor thing. what she has. That's the price. That's with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I, uh, I the, there was the song that was nominated for Oscars. Uh, this movie won one Oscar, which was Best Animated Feature Film. Um, but there were two nominations in the music categories, uh, Best Original Score and Best Original Song. The song was Dos Oruguitas. Oh, oh that was that so song. sad two caterpillars it was yeah. really good i play that sometimes at events when it's like quieter time and i get kind of like choked up during that that part of the movie that's that what that's the part of the movie that like makes me like really start crying every time i watch it like the first time i watched it i was crying a few times through the movie and then like obviously like watching it over and over i like know what's happening but when that part comes up like that's when i start like i can't stop i cry every single time it's a beautiful song yeah it's i i mean it's a little sappy like the whole moment is is very melodramatic but it's the whole like montage that goes with it like my heart can't take it i i just i like the way that song sounds um lin-manuel mirando is kind of uh, (laughs) lin-manuel mirando uh he's kind of uh, hit and miss for me a little bit. I, I some of that rhythmic, um, kind of staccato 
of his music just doesn't appeal to me that much you know uh <laughs> the i got i I'm, I'm not gonna sing an example i don't think pressure like the drip 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 like that's a very sort of lin-manuel miranda-esque and people have put the music from encanto with uh, music from Hamilton and very Hamilton, like, yeah, literally like exact parallels. And and if it's not like Hamilton, then it stop. It sounds like um, I love it. I love I it because it's I'm a big fan. But I like it is his sound, and I love his sound. But I know that like it's like not everybody's like jams. It's, but not, it's not my yeah. Uh, so I I appreciate it, and I love it, and I love like hearing like the like remixes and stuff of like putting it together, but. I, it's not everybody's like thing. Like Sean is like not a big fan, but like I am. Mm -hmm. So I anything that he puts out, I'm excited. And I know that I'll like love the music. And I did. I did love the music for this movie. And I I play it all the time. Cool. It's my new Hamilton. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, thank you both so much for coming on the show. And um, I don't know. Are there any further thoughts that you have on Encanto or maybe um, th there was a short film. I saw this once in the theater and yeah. um, With the raccoons. Oh yeah. Raccoons. I don't want to oh, talk about it. That made me cry before the movie started. I loved it. It was, was so, it was sad. It was so sweet. It was sad, but it was a good one. I, the short films really get me every time though. They really do pack a punch in those like less than 10 minutes. That is where they show the power of like- It made me almost not want to watch the movie though. I was like, oh, like this really like, like scrunched my gut up too much. Like, can I handle like what's about to happen next? Cause I didn't know, I didn't know. Like, why did they preface the movie with like this, like gut wrenching short? Why would they do that? Because it, it's reflective of the movie you're about to see, really. I mean, it really was. It. That was a good, like, that was a good short for the movie you're about to see. I felt like it really encapsulated, like, generational trauma. Here well, we come again with that term. But how, how do we, yeah, what is the solution to generational trauma? Did we really oh, settle man. that? How are we supposed <laughs> to tackle that? I think embracing the parts that seem unembraceable like breaking the cycle right recognizing the cycle is recognizing like step the one. Cycle breaking the cycle like if you have a unrelated but if you have a bad mom or whatever and you're like i don't want to be a mom like this like you're going to break that cycle and you're going to be what you deem is better right like it's a, a good call especially because there are a lot unfortunately of people as they get older who you'd think people would sort of mature but in some ways they don't and they get more dug in and they get more callous that's what i was saying is like example abuela exactly that's what i said <laughs> i didn't realize until the end and by that point it was too late but here comes mirabelle ready to break the cycle and then guess what at the end they were like we don't need our powers we're like work together and we'll like be our very best without our powers like she broke the cycle like she because everybody was so like so focused on like using their powers and like needing their powers and like needing their powers to be like helpful and and um like useful and just 
they needed their powers to be something to somebody. And they realized at the end, because Mirabelle didn't have any power and was able to just prevail, they were like, wait, we don't need ours either. And she broke the cycle and like, let everybody see their true potential just yeah. to be like a good person. Like, yeah, that's all it is. Just breaking the cycle of, of bad things. Like Abuela was too late. She realized it at the end. She had a redemption, but it was too late. <laughs> uh, well, I, it was a redemption nonetheless. I think it's important to remember that. It is and important to remember, and like, uh, yeah, the, I, I feel like I, there was maybe a, a Garden of Eden allegory I wanted to make, but you know that's sort of obvious in some ways, and and also um, just the, the the way that. Um, Oh, I, I I had a point here, and I I think it related to oh Peppa a uh, Pe Peppa uh, who has the the weather powers. Was she ever able to really demonstrate you know a decent amount of control over that ability? I don't think she was really able to control it. Her her mood controls the weather, like. And then she blamed, well, I think like she blamed it on everybody else. She was like, you made it rain that day, but it was really her being stressed out and like yeah. making it rain. Like she she can have control over it, but it's really just her emotion. She, she wasn't, so like, yeah. She it's never... not like she can be like, I mean, like emotions like are something you can't really control. So no, yeah, you shouldn't try to over stress yourself in, in trying to control these things but yeah the more you practice you know uh, ostensibly you, you could develop a, a degree of mastery habits like yeah. I don't I don't like when people say like I'm allowed to have my feelings this is how I feel it's like also like have some self-control and like regulate what you're feeling and why because like you don't have that, that means time. time Jesus I just I feel like Peppa's <laughs> kind of like the crazy aunt on Facebook in some ways maybe for sure. Well, I also think like she had Felix and Felix like would like, you know, put his arm around her and like calm her down. So like she had like grounding almost of like she'd start like freaking out and it was obviously like an out of control type thing. Mm -hmm. And then she'd she'd be able to like focus herself and like not make a hurricane, you know, like mm -hmm. she had like someone mm -hmm. there like almost holding her accountable for like affecting literally everybody else mm -hmm. because while she is allowed to feel her feelings, like her feelings also affect everybody else. So <laughs> it's probably nice to have like that little touch on the shoulder or whatever. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Very, you know, a very comprehensive look at the human condition <laughs> that we've had. I, and I, I don't know. I've been tired today. Sorry. I, we I, have uh, to. We have to. Cody was here all day helping me clean. Like we've been exhausted oh, all week. Like, but we, we like have postponed this one for months and we're like, okay, we got it. We got to push. I was so excited it. for this one. It's exciting. It, it is also kind of exhausting this movie too. <laughs> it is. I, it's hard to make time for things like the older we get and like the more we've got going on and like you've had a lot going on. No, I was I was very much looking forward to talking about it because this is an endless this is an endless wellspring of content uh, because you can always so... just talk, you know, like you just make a zoom <laughs> zoom meeting and we don't have to even have a topic. 
<laughs> we have to podcast it. We could just yeah. get on talk. Like that Certainly. might be good in planning a podcast. <laughs> but uh, I, I did want to obviously cover this on the show. I mean, it's. I've been waiting for this yeah. forever. Weird that we're doing it so late, but but that's okay. Uh, people can be patient, and I love having the little reunion from the wedding. So uh, good. Is this good our first us. one since the wedding? Well, did no, were we, we all did three? Else? We turning did red. red. We turning did turning red. red. Yeah, this is yeah. First one since the wedding. Okay. Okay, that's right. Um, and it was just the three of us on turning red as well. So we're like on a monthly basis. That's right. We're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> our, our little book club uh thanks for the books by the way uh J- jody from the wedding yeah, uh, i've been reading yeah so uh well that i think does it for that does it if we're back to my wedding then we know the podcast is over <laughs> that was the the yeah initiatory uh sequence of uh season well I don't this podcast doesn't really have seasons but it can it's, it, it's <laughs> we're in spring so it's spring yeah. season it kind of goes and fits and starts uh so far I've I've gone I've had a few points in the run where I've taken a, a long time out from the podcast and uh you know currently dealing with some stuff right now too that sort of gets in the way of recording just a little bit but um hopefully we'll have some pretty consistent output going forward in 2022 um, I'm liking 2022 so far. I know it's a, still a crazy world out there, but when is it not? <laughs> exactly. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, the 20, the 60th animated feature from Walt Disney Animation Studios and Canto, directed by Byron Howard, Jared Bush, and uh, Charisse Castro Smith, um, I believe are the names. Music by Lynn Manuel Miranda. Um, very, very good, deserving of the best animated feature Oscar from the 2021 Academy Awards. Um, and so with that, um, Alex, do you want to start off just letting people know who you are or, uh, where they yeah, can find Yeah, I never share my social, but I will. Um, no my name is Alex. You can find me on Instagram at, um, a D Z A. Y E E D E E Z Y. Nothing fun there. You can also find me on TikTok. I'm not that entertaining, but it is Alexandria period Denson on TikTok. Cool, cool. Yeah, Jody. that's the best place to find me too right now. Uh, I've just been sticking really to like one social media medium. It just seems like a lot to juggle all the different apps and world. So TikTok's kind of where I've been and it's Jody J-O-D-I Pulaski P-O-L-A-S-K-Y 47. And I post a ton of princess content. That's pretty much all I do. So Mirabelle's on there a lot lately too, because we're, we're loving her and we love seeing her. Awesome. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening to the Thodcast. You can find us at Thodcast.com at Thodcast on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can find me at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram and uh, various podcasting streaming platforms as well. I added a couple recently. Uh, I think iHeart streaming and Amazon music, things like that. Uh, we're hosted on SoundCloud. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah, I uh, hopefully 
won't listen back to this and find myself to be a little too <laughs> a- ASMR or slow, sluggish. <laughs> no, uh, I think this was good. No, I, I, you guys were so great. Um, so much insight and I can't wait till uh, next time. Gosh, what are we going to talk about? I know. We'll have to plan it. Yeah. I want to, I want to be on, I want to be on podcasts like more. It like gives me something to yeah. like do Live and like more. forward to. Yeah. I, I, I kind of doze off. Things. Yeah. Last couple of movies I've gone to, I, I've sort of been, you know, was in and out of consciously, uh, including like Sonic 2, which was okay, but it was like, there's some things I can't remember all that I've well. heard good things about everywhere all at once all the time or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I haven't watched it yet. And Philip, I'm happy to hop on and do, wait, did we do Morbius? Yeah. Well, Morbius wait. is sort of noteworthy in just how forgettable that movie no, is. I, we can oh, do a 30 minute I, killer. I See, kind you of guys enjoyed can't it. do movies that like are in the movie theater because I'm poor. I can watch things on Netflix. Yeah, I no, like Morbius. Movies. <laughs> I I personally enjoyed Morbius. I thought it was like the perfect like white noise, but ah! uh... <laughs> that's my favorite genre. And Jared Leto, he's cool. I don't know. He's he, handsome. I, he reminds me of myself in some ways. He's oh, skinny, long uh-oh. hair. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, he he yeah, he is aspirationally kind of wanting to. I I don't think he actively um you know is trying to become a cult leader or anything, but he sort of gives off those vibes. Uh, <laughs> no. Are you going to be a cult leader? No. I... To the cult, Alex, you're in it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the podcast. I, I don't know. I, I've over time at times had an overly inflated ego that's gotten no. me into trouble. I'm so. ready to join a cult. Like I, there's not, they got nothing else going on. So might as well. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I've perhaps implied on on the show in previous episodes that I'm I'm not super hard on cults. <laughs> I don't know. I, I that's not a good word to. Well, everybody can join mine then. I'll make one. <laughs> the anti-abuela cult. It's gonna get the anti-abuela cult. Please join. <laughs> no, Anyways. don't. That's so rude. I don't want abuela to feel bad. I I I love you know the, these mystical subjects. It'd be cool to visit a place like encanto and just have there be casual magic i don't know the, the house itself like the, the way it's rendered in computer animation is sort of something new and unique because we've had these sorts of fantastical depictions of homesteads in other media like peewee's playhouse you know the peewee uh herman you know his house was like this enchanted thing Weren't there a bunch of like kids shows? You guys remember in the box or out of the box? Yeah, we we mentioned one already. Um, Well, one. uh, What was that Disney original show the that you guys mentioned earlier or Disney original? Jody said uh, Sophia or Smart Smart House. Smart House. Oh yeah, that movie. Okay, sure. There's Cabin in the Woods, of course. No. <laughs> uh, the horror version. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's fascinating um, to, to see it done in the Disney signature style. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it was so well done, too. Kids, kids will love it. Uh, I loved it. I'm a big kid at heart. So 
Thanks uh, once again, listening to the Thawedcast. And um, yeah, for you guys, Alex and Jody, uh, this is Philip Elke, uh, wishing everyone a wonderful week. Have a magical day. Warm hugs. <laughs> <laughs>